Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America, and welcome to John Solomon Reports on a busy Tuesday. Yes, the news alerts have been flying all over justthenews.com today. Monumental big news from New York to Washington to California. Lots of things going on. We're going to get you up to speed in a second. But first, we've got not one, but two great interviews today. First up, Cash Patel, good friend important advisor, national security advisor to Donald Trump. And before that, an essential investigator for Congressman Devin Nunez in unraveling the Russia scandal. He's now in private practice. He's out in the private sector. He's got not one, but two big announcements. One of them is he's building a fund, a legal fund, so that people who are smeared by the media, canceled by Democrats or leftists, can fight back in the court of law, a legal offense fund, started by Cash Patel. We're going to get to that. And he also has a new solution for credit card processing for businesses who don't want to be canceled by leftist corporations. Two important projects, Cash Patel here to speak about both of them in a second. And then we're going to take a deep dive on the U.S. economy. Why? Because the warning sides are blinking red. They're flashing red. And we've got a great friend who's been on the show many times before to really help us understand what's going on, how to get in a safe position. Philip Patrick, the precious metal specialist at Birch Gold Group, one of our partners, a real economic expert. And if you go back and listen to this podcast back in February, March, and April, we had Philip on early. He was calling the shots exactly as they ultimately fell. Inflation, overspending, a market ratio of value, to revenue on the stock market, all warning signs. He had them first. He's going to bring you up to speed on where this economy is likely headed and what you can do to get into a safe posture. You're not going to want to miss that. Philip Patrick, great guy, easy to understand. He makes economics in the economy pretty common man. It's great. Every time I have him on, I walk away thinking, hmm, I learned something. And that's what you really want when you get a great guest on this show. All right, we're going to get to those interviews in a minute. But first, let's get to all the breaking news. Andrew Cuomo has resigned as New York's governor. Yes, the embattled chief executive of the Empire State announced that he'll step down in 14 days, giving way, by the way, to New York's first ever female governor, An irony there, given that he was accused of sexual harassment of women. A glass ceiling in New York will be smashed as a result of this scandal. Cuomo did so in the face of obvious impeachment 
The votes were there to impeach him. He didn't want to go through that process. Even in his announcement today, he was defiant. Yes, he was defiant, but he did it. That's an important one. Hey, the NSA had a big announcement. Its inspector general, its chief watchdog, internal watchdog, is opening an investigation into whether the NSA illegally spied, illegally targeted Fox News host Tucker Carlson. We've been covering that story. Tucker Carlson says he's phone calls were unmasked and listened to, and he believes he was targeted. The NSA IG is going to investigate and tell us all what really happened. An important development for anyone worried about Big Brother spying, government overreach. Well, let's see where the facts lay, right, on this. We we should give the Inspector General the time, just like Michael Horowitz had for Russia. Let's see if Tucker Carlson was targeted or whether it was an incidental intercept, whether the request to unmask him served a lawful government purpose or not. But an important development for bringing closure and accountability to that scandal that has been on the horizon for several days. And then Congress, well, oh my gosh, the senators are trying to get out of Dodge fast. So what are they doing? They're passing legislation. Just an hour or two ago, Mitch McConnell and 18 other Republicans, Mitch McConnell and 18 other Republicans joined forces with Democrats to approve the $1.2 trillion infrastructure package, which has a lot of things that aren't infrastructure that are really liberal policy. Now, in fairness to those Republicans, the negotiations they forced brought the price tag down by half. So they saved taxpayers some money, but still a big package. And a lot of people are wondering, is it really all infrastructure or is there a lot of liberal orthodoxy masquerading as a infrastructure package? You'll decide when you read it. We gave you the full list of the 19 Republicans who voted for it. And of course, Mitch McConnell being the leader set a big message today on that. And then right after that happened, just 30 minutes to an hour later, the Senate voted to begin debate on a $3.5 trillion spending plan. That's $3.5 trillion on top of the $1.2 trillion, on top of the $2 trillion that we spent for COVID. Yeah, you're getting the idea. We're spending oodles of money. That's one of the things that we're going to talk to Philip Patrick about, the economic expert from Birch Gold, because we're putting so much cash on the street, it could force interest rates to go up. But $3.5 trillion, it got through on a 50 to 49 vote. And you're going to say, well, wait a second, there are 50 Republicans. What happened? Oh, no. One of the Republicans, Senator Mike Round, missed the vote, allowing the Democrats to begin debate without having to call on Kamala Harris as an extra vote as a Senate president. Wow. A day for Republicans to step back and gauge the performance of their senators from Mitch McConnell to Mike Rounds. Some interesting developments on Capitol Hill. Nick Ballacy has all of that for you on justthenews.com. Really, really great reporting by him. Important stuff. Now, we also had some enterprise, some scoopiness. It almost feels old now, given all of the historic news that broke today. But right now, still trending on the site is another important story about Fulton County, about Georgia, about elections broken by me, we have confirmed, and we put all the documents to show it, that the Southern Poverty Law Center, a vehement anti-Trump group, they basically accused Donald Trump of fomenting racism 
and white supremacism in America during his presidency. They were a relentless critic. Well, they also got involved in elections. How did they do that? They gave an $85,000 nonprofit grant to, you got it, Fulton County, yes, in Atlanta, the biggest county in Georgia, the one with all the known election problems, 29 pages chronicled by a state observer. And then, of course, we had the story yesterday about the ballots that were double marked and still got count because a human in Fulton County removed the mark of one of the votes so that the other one could count. A lot of people are disturbed by that. They looked at the ballot saying, what the heck? Well, we got one more. Why would a Georgia county, the largest Georgia county, accept money from a group that was overtly against Donald Trump? That's a question you have to ask yourself. It's the same question we've been asking since the $350 million from Mark Zuckerberg went to the election judges. But all of this money, whether it's Zuckerberg or now the SPLC, it didn't go to candidates. It didn't go to campaigns. It didn't go to political action committees or super PACs. It went to the referees and the judges and the umpires of the election, the election administrators. A lot of people have heartburn about that. Take a look at this story. We put it all out there. There's a twist to it as well. It turns out that Fulton County didn't spend all the money that it was supposed to from this grant. And now the chief auditor of Fulton County wants some of the money returned. He's also questioning whether or not the county complied with the grant. What was this money for? It was part of an SPLC campaign to target and get the vote out by black Americans. So it targets specific racial category of voters, black Americans, and it was designed to pay for mobile ballot boxes to, so that absentee ballots could be collected more easily in the field. People wouldn't have to go to an election center to drop them off. A lot of controversy about those boxes, right? Well, the SPLC provided that money, but its goal, as it says in its own correspondence, was to up the black vote. Okay, that's fine. Well, one of the things that the county was supposed to do was put a public record out of how many ballots were counted by the boxes that SPLC put out there and paid for. Guess what? They didn't do it, according to the county auditor. Wow. The incapabilities, the failures, the misconduct, the malfeasance, the poor work, the poor quality work that is running through Fulton County in the election system mounts every day. Remember those 29 pages? by Carter Jones, the state sent observer. 29 pages of problems he found. Yesterday, we had an elections worker tell us there were no standards for how to count spoiled ballots. So it was all done by word of mouth, ad hoc. That's not how we want the most precious right in America to be treated, the right to vote. All of that, we start adding all these things up. Now you understand why Secretary of State Brad Raffsenberger wants to take over the elections in Atlanta County, put them into state receivership. You get to decide whether that's a good idea or not. But I'll tell you one thing, you will want to check out the stories that we broke over the last three, four days, all of them very important. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got a twofer, starting with Cash Patel, the former Trump National Security Advisor, former key investigator on the Hill for the Russia collusion case. He helped Devin Nunez unravel it. He's got not one, but two big projects fighting cancel culture in America. You're going to hear about them. And then after that, my good friend, Philip Patrick from Birch Gold, he's here to talk the economy. Let's get real. There are blinking red warning lights all over America about the state of the economy. Philip's here to tell us what to expect and when to expect it. All right, we'll be right back after this commercial break. 
temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, someone who is a great friend of this show, a great patriot. And uh, every time I have a conversation with him, the ideas start flowing through my mind. My good friend Cash Patel is joining us. Cash, welcome to the show. John, thanks so much for having me back. I love being on your show. It's one of my favorite programs. And you're uh, one of the few uh, journalists who has remained true to his uh, guild uh, to this day. Yeah, I love what we do. And um, you've been a big part of changing the narrative in America using your investigative skills uh, first with uh, Devin Nunez and all the great work you did unraveling Russia. Then you went to National Security Council, made a huge impact, including helping take out guys like Soleimani and get our hostages back. A really remarkable record. And now in the private sector, you have two, not one, but two projects. Of course, I would expect it to be two, not one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two big projects that uh, really are, are aiming to change the world. And I want to break them down one by one. Start with the fightwithcash.com initiative. Tell us what you're you're doing there to make America a better place. Sure. And thanks so much for having me to help break this. Um, basically, as you know, John, over the last five years, six years since President Trump got elected, the media has gone into a tailspin. And instead of reporting the facts, they started attacking people personally. And that has caused a tremendous amount of harm to people's reputations because they intentionally smear you when you're over the target and reporting facts that don't fit their political narrative. And I was a target for the media and continue to be. And I said, now that I'm out of government, you know, a lot of people have come up to me and said, we got to fight back. And I said, yeah, I have been fighting back. I filed a couple of defamation lawsuits, but I realized it's not just me. You know, I was, uh, I thought, why don't I be the legal juggernaut for those individuals who are wronged by the media and big tech and start raising money and have a group of lawyers on standby to go after those those, those companies and those titans who are defaming good, honest Americans. And so we started fightwithcash.com. And basically, we just launched last week in our initial fundraising stage, but we've gotten great support. And, uh, you know, we're looking for donations in the, in the early stages here, but we're looking to help as many people as we can who have been wronged by the media. And I just think there's too many. And we have to have some accountability against our media. It is remarkable, the the efforts at cancel culture. And, you know, just time and time and time and time again, just a little thing this week, right? We had a, a claim that some fan made a racial epithet at a game. And it turns out he was talking about the mascot who had a similar name uh, to yeah. epithet. But, you know, for 24 hours, all of Major League Baseball and that fan, you know, had been identified was smeared by the media and it didn't mm-hmm. happen, just like Lafayette Square didn't happen and Russia collusion didn't happen. And, oh, my God, we can go through exactly. all of them. I like one of the words that you used in your announcement. This isn't a legal defense fund. This is a legal offense fund. You're on offense here, right? It's time to start helping people reclaim their reputations. And you're going to function like a legal defense fund, except you're going to be on offense. Is that right? That's exactly right. And thank you, you. As always, you said it better than I ever could. We're going on offense. You know, we're done being on defense. 
I retired out of government service and I've been traveling around the country with great warriors like Devin Nunes. And people keep coming up to me and say, we got to keep fighting and we got to correct the media and we got to restore integrity to the media. And the only way to do that is to go on offense and call them out for their defamation, for the libelous characters and for their slander of good American people, be it from the Jan 6th event to Lafayette Square as you said, the countless others who are tortured and smeared in Russiagate and who have yet to recover. And so we're going on offense. So I'm looking for those people and I'm looking for um, individuals to help raise money to help those people because I can't do it alone. And that's why we started the trust, which is fightwithcash.com uh, with a K. And hopefully we've had a great turnout so far, but we're looking to really make a big push in our first week of fundraising. That's uh, really important. So, folks, if you want to contribute to this, you want to be part of this, you want to learn more about it, fight with cash. That's K-A-S-H dot com. And, and check out the great effort that's going on there. When I talk to people on the street or when people come up to me or in a restaurant, this idea that someone who's given their entire life doing good things can be canceled in a second by a mob, basically a flash mob is what it is really bothers people because all perspective is lost, all neutrality is lost. And the media, sometimes working with government bureaucrats, sometimes working with political Democrats and others, they've really inflicted damage and damage that can't be reversed overnight. And that's what makes this effort such a remarkable thing. What has been, you know, after you announced it, it's been four or five days, I guess now, what's been the reaction in the marketplace to to the idea? What are people saying and what do they want you to do? I mean, do they give any advice that you'll go, hey, that's pretty good advice? Yeah, I've been, you know, pleasantly surprised. It's been a groundswell of support. People reaching out, small donor donations from across the country, which has just been fantastic because it has struck a chord with the American people who want to fight back. And that's the whole point of it. And I think if we can keep that momentum going through efforts and combined efforts with you. And one key thing I want to mention is we're not raising the money for me. I'm going to have some expenses as the trust gets up and going, but large portions of the proceeds and the funds raised are going to everyone else who needs to go after big tech and big media. And when I win my lawsuits, I'm going to put most of that money back into, into the trust. I just have a ways to go. As you know, the legal process takes time. Yeah. But the, the swell of support has been amazing. And right now we're just launching to get awareness for it. And the more people that can contribute, as you know, John, 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks, all that makes a difference to people who have been defamed and have nowhere to go. Yeah, no, it really, it really does make a difference. And uh, this is the long game. I mean, I, I, I often will give speeches and say, you know, you may hate George Soros for his policies and a lot of conservatives do, but you can't argue with the long game strategy he created no. with his foundation. He wasn't in it for 10 minutes of satisfaction or a year of satisfaction or one election satisfaction. He set out on a 20 year mission to move America left and he did it in a corporatized way. And what you're doing here is that sort of thing. This is long game. Lawsuits take time. But boy, the outcome when you can win one or more of these cases and pushing back bad behavior can be historic. Yeah, just think when we can call out the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN and Politico and the Daily Beast and uh, Twitter and Facebook for going after American people because they disagreed, not with them factually, but they disagreed with them because of their political positions and then made up a political narrative to support the left's cause. And that is what's seeping into government. And that is why, why people have lost their uh, belief in our media and the credibility of our media. And this is a chance to help restore not just those that have been harmed, but also restore integrity to the media by calling out those individuals that have wrong 
so many. And we're going to do that at fightwithcash.com. And uh, we're just, as you said, it's on offensive trust and we're going on offense and we're not stopping. And we're going to come back and report to you on every, um, every individual we help out. And we're going to make it a campaign. It's not going away. It's, it's going to be nonstop, full steam ahead. Yeah, what a what an amazing idea. And I've been people have been buzzing about it for the last couple of days. So you know you hit a chord. Everyone is talking about it. That's really great news. I'm gonna move to your next edition in a second. Before I do though, there was a moment mm-hmm. today, big breaking news. I want to get your reaction to it because it involves Andrew <laughs> Cuomo finally resigning yeah. after documented bad behavior by the attorney general. But there is a it, within the Cuomo scandal story is exactly the sort of thing you talk about. We now have seen, thanks to the attorney general's report, all the efforts that were made by Cuomo and his acolytes to destroy the reputation of these women who apparently were making legitimate allegations and coming forward, their their reputations were destroyed. I mean, that, that was an all-out offensive. Yeah. Your reaction first to the larger Cuomo scandal, how the media built them up and hid all this other stuff, and then two, uh, the, the what the victims endured, is that the sort of thing that you could imagine your fund trying to fight to help? No, and I'm glad you bring it up, John. And, you know, I'm born and raised as a New Yorker. Uh, you know, this is this one strikes at home. And, you know, Governor Andrew Cuomo epitomizes what is wrong with politicians and the media. Basically, he billed himself as the anti-Trump and made himself millions off sensationalizing false testimonial information and putting it into a book and probably having government workers spend government money and taxpayer money on his book so he can get a $5 million payout. But what's worse than all of that is, as you mentioned, these women who've been wrong for over a decade. And when the hashtag MeToo movement came out first, it was only for one side. I'm glad that it's now rectifying across all political spectrums because there is no tolerance for that type of behavior from politicians or otherwise. And for the darling of New York to finally go down with facts is so important. And to the second part of your thing, you're right, John, this is so tied to everything else that we're talking about. The media has propped up Andrew Cuomo for years, be it uh, during COVID when he caused thousands of elderly individuals to be killed in New York because of his policy to sentence them um, to nursing homes. Nobody's called him out for that yet. Maybe there'll be some accountability for that. But what would be good is if the the mainstream media outlets of the world came out and said how they got these allegations wrong when they were first reported because they were drowned out and they didn't want Andrew Cuomo's voice to be quelled. And now, uh, thanks to the attorney general's report, as you said, in New York, um, the facts have finally come out. And that's the same theme we're striking here. We're going to bring the facts out no matter how long it takes, uh, no matter how long the fight is. And Andrew Cuomo is just the first domino to fall. Yeah, it's a funny thing, but facts do work. And I, I remember in the dark days of the Trump White House when people were worried that the Russia scandal would would uh, overtake the presidency, overshadow it, perhaps crush his presidency. And there were a small group of people, you and Devin Nunes, Mark, Mark Meadows and, and Jim Jordan and a little bit of Lindsey Graham here and there. And you guys didn't <laughs> focus on spin. You didn't focus on trying to win no. the television wars because you couldn't, right? It was stacked against you you methodically gathered facts and you put them into the public. And for a while, people would, I remember when they called the, the Adam Schiff called the uh, Devin Nunes report, which you were a big part of, uh, fiction. It turned out everything was right in that report and everything that Adam Schiff had said was wrong. <laughs> facts prevailed. It's just an amazing thing how stubborn facts can be in the public domain. 
No, you're absolutely right. Facts always prevail. And Devin has said this for the longest time. And as of you, you've been a champion of the facts. And we reported those. And we signed up to expose Russiagate for what it was. We were going to report the facts to the American people because that's the job of a national security career official and a Hill staffer. That's the job. It's not to be political when it comes to the national security of the United States and our presidential elections. And we reported the facts. And thanks to reporting largely by you, we were able to get the facts out to the American people. And it did take time. But as you said, we showed Adam Schiff to be the total hack that he is, the political deviant that he is. And he subjugated the well-being of the American people to his ego. And that just can't be allowed to happen in today's America. And that's what that's what we're fighting for today. The media is a big part of the problem and they need to be have a big course adjustment because unfortunately there's only one John Solomon in the world. I wish there was a thousand. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot more. Lee Smith has done great work and oh, yeah. Cheryl Atkinson has done great work and Molly Hemingway. There, there's, a, there's a handful of us still out there, but you're right. It's hard to break through some days because the rest of the media puts this suffocating blanket of confusion and distortion and uh, cutting through it can take time. You got to be patient if you, <laughs> if you want to get the truth out in the, today's Washington. But you, do. Uh, you, you showed <laughs> you that patience it. and you showed that tenacity. And I think the Russia story uh, is such a great model for what you're going to be doing on so many other fronts going forward. Now, the other place that cancer culture occurs isn't just in the media. We're seeing evidence now that sometimes in the corporate world, particularly now in the banking finance world, there are these early threats that if a a big bank company or if a multinational financial company that has a a board taken over by woke activists, they may not want to deal with conservatives going forward. We've seen ads canceled. I've seen that in my place. Um, uh, we've seen, you know, bank accounts being canceled and, and financial opportunities. You are creating a really cool solution. Uh, everybody checks out on the web now and they have to give their credit card. And there's this intermediary software. Uh, one of those offerings are called Stripe. But you're creating an alternative that will be cancel proof. Tell us a little bit what motivated you to do it and where that project stands in giving a financial alternative to people who want free speech. That's great. Thanks for letting me speak to this. And yeah, it sort of stems from the same place, you know. The cancel culture has taken over all aspects of society, including just the simple things such as payment processing when you go to give a campaign donation via Visa, MasterCard, or Amex, or donate to a charity or political cause or support First Amendment rights or Second Amendment rights. And basically what happened was a lot of these payment processors, as they're called, the stripes and the like, charge so much money. I just said, why are, why are they taking so much of hard-earned Americans' money when those people are donating it to the U.S. government, to politicians, and to charitable organizations? There's got to be a way to do it cheaper. And we built a platform. It's called Patriots with a Y, P-A-Y-T-R-I-O-T-S, Patriots <laughs> Payment Processor. That's a, that's a good and, name. That's got a fun uh, twist yeah, to it. Yeah, you know. And basically, we're out there. Uh, we built a model that we are going to be cancel-proof. If you use our payment processing system, you don't have to worry about getting canceled like so many individuals were during January of this year. And so many campaigns were shut down and frozen. And that matters, John, as you know, especially with the midterms coming up, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. That's a midterm election vote, a midterm election campaign. That's what could win us or lose us the House of Representatives. And that was the drive behind this. But we expanded it beyond politics and we put it into the you know conservative business community, Christian faith community, the Jewish faith community, and and also other types of charitable organizations who don't want to see their hard-earned donation dollars go away to, again, big tech, and rather go back into their own coffers for their own needs. And we're going to do it for faster and cheaper, and we have a better security system, and we have a cancel culture-proof system. So 
Patriots Payment Solutions is hopefully the way forward for many, many folks who feel the same way as we do. Yeah, such important. And, you know, the quality matters and you're building a quality platform. It isn't just an affinity play. You're building a really great platform. You're going to compete on price. All the things that the free market allows us to do to solve so many of today's problems. What a great idea. If people want to learn more about that, you're a small business and you want to sign up, how how do they get in touch with your team to set up the the, uh, credit card processing and other things? Oh, yeah. Thanks so much. It's very simple. It's it's cash, K-A-S-H, at patriots.us. It's cash at patriots with a Y, dot U-S. Pretty Just easy. shoot us a note, and we'll be in touch with you directly. That's great. What a great idea. Everyone's watching it. Just the News will be one of those companies converting, so we're excited to be joining that project. Uh, we support this. It's such a great idea. Uh, Cash, as you look out, we're going to head into a very turbulent fall, right? We'll have the 20th anniversary Mm -hmm. of 9-11. We're seeing Afghanistan fall very quickly to the Taliban. We've got inflation that looks like it's really starting to chug forward. And we have, I think for the first time, real American backlash to uh, buyer's remorse, I might say, to the mm-hmm. Biden plan. Listen, just a few short months ago, Americans put Democrats in charge of everything here, the White House, the Senate, and the House. And mm-hmm. now there seems to be a lot of heartburn and doubt and buyer's remorse. As we head into the September timeframe, which is always a busy time frame. what should we be watching for the momentous things that might define the next election in America? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. And, you know, as a career national security guy, a guy who ran counterterrorism for a White House, a guy who was the number two in the intelligence community and then ended up as the chief of staff to the Defense Department, it was, a, it was an honor to serve in those positions. So national security is, is, of all things, in the middle of my heart. But 9-11 should be for 9-11, and that's it. I mean, as a New Yorker and an individual who knows people who perished on 9-11, it's not a day that we do anything else but memorialize the loss and the fallen and celebrate our law enforcement military communities. For President Biden to use that date as a marker for the Afghan withdrawal is what I've been saying highlights the problem of this administration. They politicize the national security apparatus of the U.S. government to the detriment of its citizens because that's what they think the media wants. And that is what the mainstream media wants. And they allow the mainstream media to drive the national security apparatus. It's an, it's an entirely too dangerous and treacherous path to be on. And I don't think the withdrawal is being handled properly like it was during President Trump's administration, because we didn't politicize the national security of the United States. We just did the job and knew the mission mattered more. We didn't spend time leaking classified information and worrying what we look like in the public and worrying what the mainstream media wrote about us. And I think that's the difference. And I think people need to look this fall to not just the big tech and social media stuff we've been talking about and the media stuff, but also Iran, China, and Russia. You know, those are our biggest threats. And if we get back into the Iran deal, and if we give China less and less tariffs and more and more room to overpower us on the global stage, and the same with Russia and their cybersecurity infrastructure, the United States is not going to be the leader of the free world. And I think that is what the next election cycle is going to be about. Boy, talk about stakes that couldn't be higher. That is about as high as the stakes ever get. And you have echoed now publicly what a lot of our national security people have been talking to me privately about. The stakes really are that high. And this election and the policies that we choose over the next few years will define generations of Americans' experience if if we don't get it right. So what an amazing thing to say. Uh, Cash, really appreciate you spending the time with us. Congratulations on the two big projects. They are big projects. They are impactful projects. And I hope to get you back on soon so we can talk about their progress because I'm sure a lot of people are just getting into the game on them. 
We'd love to come back on, John, anytime. Thanks for having me. I always have a great time on, on your show. Really yeah, appreciate same it. Same here. All right, guys, have a good one. We'll talk soon. Thanks, you too. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to flip on our economic hat just for a few minutes. My good friend, Philip Patrick, has something to say about inflation and the other warning signs in the economy. Listen in. It's a really great session. You'll get smart real quickly. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And time to take a little step back and take a look at our economy. And what better person to do that than a great friend of the show, Philip Patrick, great precious metal specialist at the Birch Gold Group, one of our great partners on this podcast and a really great economic expert. Philip, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. It is an honor. I'll tell you, we've had a few conversations on this show going back to the spring. And every time you start to look out over the horizon, you make a prediction, it comes true right away. Inflation is really starting to roar in America and people are getting scared. They're looking for safer ways to invest the money. And uh, now we've got some crazy stuff going on in the Senate, really important policy decisions likely to inject more cash into the economy. Let me start off with the big news that happened today, which is the Senate just passed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. How does this affect the economic outlook of America? Uh, Look, it's significant. There's there's no question about it. As you mentioned, uh, the infrastructure bill has now officially passed the Senate. In some respects, I would say the Republicans have been successful. Uh, They've managed to cut the bill's spending in half, uh, but obviously couldn't stop it, just delayed the passage. We're talking now about $550 billion in new spending, uh, looking at the details of the bill. Some of the funds are going to what I would call hard infrastructure, projects like roads and bridges, uh, as you'd expect from an infrastructure bill. However, plenty of money left over is going for so-called environmental remediation, electric vehicle handouts, green buses, that sort of stuff. Not what you'd normally consider infrastructure. Don't get me wrong. I have no problem building bridges, right? I just start to get concerned when we're building bridges that our great-grandchildren are going to have to pay for. Spending on infrastructure is a good thing. In the current context of debt, having to raise the debt ceiling, that's when it starts to become problematic. It is a remarkable time. And the leaders in our country have are are becoming fewer and fewer. That's one of the really uh, concerning things. We're hearing a lot of rumblings in Washington right now about the so-called extraordinary measures the Treasury Department is taking. What's the status of the debt ceiling expiration? How does that factor into this picture? Look, it's central, right? We're talking about spending money and at the same time, obviously, increasing increasing uh, the debt ceiling and the credit cards, and if you will. It looks like it's going to get raised. Encouragingly, it appears it's going to get very little support from Republicans. I mean, Mitch McConnell came out and suggested that the Democrats would have to take full responsibility for raising the debt ceiling. 
here's the thing, uh, they don't technically need Republican support, right? Let's keep in mind the Democrats are already getting this $3.5 trillion social infrastructure package pushed through, likely via a budget reconciliation bill that can pass without a single GOP vote. So it looks somewhat inevitable at this point. And when we look at that overall picture, what does it spell to the economy? What what happens to the economy when you drop in a trillion dollars of more infrastructure spending on top of all the COVID relief, maybe 3.5 trillion in more spending, and you raise the debt ceiling or, or have to take extraordinary measures? How does the economy react to all three of those hitting in approximately the same time? I mean, look, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? That's the big issue. The consequences of raising debt ceiling in general are, are significant. Ellen said, to use very emotive language, he said, defaulting on debt would cause irreparable harm to the U.S. economy and the livelihoods of all Americans. She, in fact, stated that the debt ceiling should be raised essentially without debate today. What's concerning, though, is sort of what you mentioned, right? Typically, when we talk about raising debt ceiling, there's negotiation. Fiscal constraints are put into place, some sort of control over how and where those additional dollars would be spent. We're not seeing that this time. In fact, we're seeing almost the opposite. The Dems are writing checks they know are going to bounce for unprecedented and irresponsible spending and at the same time begging for more money. I thought it was summed up very well. Uh, Senator John Thune said he doesn't think any Republican would support increasing the debt limit so the Democrats can expand government and spend massive amounts. Here's the thing, though. I'm not sure shared support is really what the Democrats are looking for here. I think what they want is shared blame for the eventual consequences, the catastrophic fallout. They don't want to be the only ones running when the pitchforks and torches come out. So significant consequences on the back of continual spending. We're just fueling the problem longer. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. As we look out over the horizon, people are looking at how do I get to a safe posture? What do I do with my investments, my retirement? What is some of the advice that you would give someone today as they're trying to make sense of the economy and all the warning clouds on the horizon? What should they be doing? Look, I I think that uh, we just have to be cognizant. We have to understand what the issues are and how we can protect against them. Uh, Precious metals, as as we've discussed many times, very conducive for climates like this, economic climates like this. They're safe haven assets. So if you look at the environment we have today, we have a historically overvalued stock market. Inflation, according to the government, is over 5% already, although I think it's much higher in real terms. We have near zero interest rates, outrageous public debt in excess of GDP quite considerably today. You look at the problems and traditional asset classes struggle, right? Stocks, bonds in an inflationary environment tend to really struggle. These climates, these negative climates can actually be very positive for safe haven assets like gold and silver. When we see stock markets correct, those sort of climates drive safe haven assets up. When inflation rises, it tends to drive commodities up. So as tough as the problems are, if you understand them, you can be preemptive. You know, the climate can get through it. So precious metals, I think, as we've discussed, a very good way to weather the storm in this climate. Now, your company, Birch Gold Group, and one of our great partners has a great offering. And I think one of the things I keep 
reminding people, because I didn't know this until I met you guys, that there are ways to protect qualified 401k and IRA investments. So those of us who've been building our retirement, I'm in my 50s, I'm worried about my retirement. There are ways to do that. Describe a little bit about how you can do that and specifically what Birch Gold Group offers to people like myself who are looking to diversify and protect our pensions as we get closer to retiring. Of course. Well, first of all, what we offer here at Birch Gold Group is a lot of good information. And for your listeners, it's birchgold.com forward slash just news. We have a free 21-page guide that will really get people learning. And of course, there are experts like myself here that are here to guide people through in a very sort of bespoke or tailor-made manner. But the short answer is we can help your listeners protect what they've built. You can roll over any portion of any existing IRA or 401k that you have. You can purchase physical precious metals in cash and essentially just structure a hedge and help to protect your retirement. That's what we do. Yeah, that's important stuff, folks. That's a really great offer. I've gotten the booklet. It's outstanding. Birchgoldgroup.com slash Just News. One-stop shopping. You'll learn everything you need to make an informed decision on this, and it is great stuff. Philip, before we let you go, I want to ask you, as you look back, we have a busy moment. The Senate's leaving for the summer recess, but before it does, it's doing a lot of work. It's like an explosion of activity after a lot of running in place. What are the signs that people who are concerned about the economy, about their own checking a book, their retirement, what should they be watching for over the next 30 to 60 days? Economic signs that that will tell you, hey, time to act, get safe. What are some of the signs we should be looking for? Look, I think we've been seeing them. You know, look at the fundamentals. Price to earning ratios in the stock market are already over 38, right? The PEs cyclically adjusted have gone above 27, three times in recorded history, right? Great Depression, dot com, 08, and now we have today. So the warning signs have been in place. I think what we're going to see, we're going to see more spending bills pushed through. There's more spending from the Democrats. And I think the more of that policy we see, the more urgent it becomes to try and preserve. But I think the warning signs have been here for a while now. The key, I think, for most people is just to try and be preemptive, right? Never react to a market, always preempt. And if you can do that, I think you put yourself in a really strong position. That's some pretty good advice. Be on offense, preempt any future dark clouds on the horizon. That's really great stuff. Philip, we love your take on the economy. It's fun to sit down and just get a big picture perspective. And I want to thank you for spending the time today. And uh, let's plan to do this in a few weeks. I think people are really worried about where we're headed in this country. And uh, getting this sort of big picture economics really helps everyone out. I really, really appreciate that. Well, thank you for having me. Like I said, it's always an honor. And uh, that's why shows like yours are so important because people really get very good information. So thank you for having me on. uh, Well, it's an honor and you've become a favorite of our audience. So uh, rest assured, we're going to want to get you right back on. That's really great. All right, folks, we're going to go take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 
All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening on a truly historically busy day. Governors resigning, infrastructure bills passing, senators missing votes, Republicans crossing over to help the Democrats. Oh, more scandal in the Georgia election. Certainly more questions, at least, about the conduct of that. All that on justthenews.com and this podcast. John Solomon reports. Really grateful for that. Now, because we had Philip Patrick on, it would be a good opportunity to remind you quickly that Birch Gold, B-I-R-C-H Gold Group, has a special offer for you. If you want to find out how to take advantage of moving some of your or all of your 401k or IRA qualified funds into a precious metals IRA, well, Birch Gold Group has a special booklet for you, an instruction booklet, how to do it. What are the rules? Does it make sense for you? And here's how you do that. You go to birchgold.com, B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash just news one more time birchgold.com slash just news and you can get that free pamphlet no obligation you learn about it i did i learned so much i think you can too economic warning signs are on the horizon dark clouds are there inflation rising interest rates all of those worries too much cash on the street stock values being way over the revenue of the companies are generating them all of those make people nervous well if you want to consider precious metals as a way to go safe you've got that offer from birch gold group one more time birchgold.com slash just news to get the no obligation book you'll learn a lot from it i did you will too all right that wraps up another show i'm exhausted and guess what we still got eight more hours of breaking news to occur who knows what will happen before the day's over check us out regularly at justthenews.com until then god bless you and god bless this amazing country the united states of america as he always has you've been listening to john solomon reports the podcast from just the news